Hey, all you sexy bookworms. Welcome to this special episode of Shit We've Read After Dark. This episode features spicy, mature content, and the topics discussed may not be suitable for everyone. Please, take care as you listen. Now, light some candles and make yourself comfortable as we get ready to go deep, deep into this book, that is. (laughs) We hope this episode is as good for you as it was for us. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Shit We've Read, a normally sci-fi fantasy book podcast. But this time, we are Shit We've Read After Dark. We're doing something different this time. We're going to be reading a very mature erotic book. <laughs> Before I get into introductions, we want to give a special thanks to the lovely Jessely Windhouse for that sexy after dark intro. <laughs> get you in the mood. <laughs> Oh my god, so good. She absolutely killed it. Thanks, Jessely. It's exactly what we needed to make this feel extra sexy, you know? (laughs) I love that. I am your host, Laura Benson, and I'm here with my co-host, Jason Rico. Hello, Laura. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I'm I'm doing very well. Thank you. Nice of you to be here with me. Thanks for having me. Uh, We're also here with another guest host, who has also been on our show multiple times, Emma Skies. Welcome back. I uh, can't tell if you guys are doing sexy voices or NPR voices. Really not able to tell the difference at this point. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I like that we're all just slowly leaning into our mics over here. You know, this reminds me of, I don't know if, you, if you're fans of SNL, it reminds you of the sweaty ball sketch. Oh my God. <laughs> Which, you know, it's on brand for this episode. <laughs> Anyways, Emma, thank you for coming back on uh, on our our podcast. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, I did have to be here. Is this? Th- I do take full responsibility for this happening to all of us. I uh, I will accept that responsibility. Whether by the end of the episode I'm saying you're welcome or I'm sorry remains to be seen. But here we are. It did take a full year, but the prophecy yes. has come true. We got here. I have been waiting. I bought these books as soon as you guys are like, yeah, we'll do it. And I've been waiting for it. (laughs) So if any of our listeners are a little confused, when Emma was first on the podcast a year ago, somehow the joke came up of doing an erotica after dark podcast. And it was a joke. It was totally a joke. But then we were like, maybe we should do that. That sounds fun and interesting. And uncomfortable <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i remember exactly how it came about and it and and i will take responsibility for it for giving emma the power to take responsibility <laughs> for it uh we chose a sci-fi book because emma usually reads a lot of fantasy and so we chose a sci-fi book to get her out of her comfort zone and then i said next time you can choose the book and ah. then you and then you brought up bully romance oh that's right oh god and and now here we are. I do so, need to defend that point in that I brought up bully romance as something that I don't like. 
FYI. Sure, <laughs> I think sure. you yeah, like fully romance. I think you had just been uh, telling Aaron about what it was at yeah. one point. Right, and then he too. started reading them, and then tried to blame it on me. <laughs> I take no responsibility for that. I, I think we all have some responsibility in this, because I was the one that mentioned the book that we're going to talk about tonight, and we just kind of went with it. So we're all equally at fault, is what I'm hearing. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> tonight we're actually going to talk about the book Desperate Measures by Katie Robert. Um, it is the first book in the Wicked Villain series. So again, this is a very mature 18 plus book. <laughs> so before we really get into anything... Um, how how familiar are you both with this kind of genre? <laughs> um, oh, you want to take first. it? I can go first. <laughs> um, I've read a series prior to this, uh, completely on accident. <laughs> oh, um, accident on accident, and which sounds weird. Like, how do you get into an erotica series by accident? And I, I will tell you why. And it's Goodreads' fault, specifically the Goodreads app's fault. So anybody who's familiar with the Goodreads website and their app, uh, on the website, if you're on a desktop, if you look up a book on the side, it'll give you genres that this book falls into. If you're on the app, it does not give you genres. So I was on Goodreads mm. one night, uh, and as you, as you do, you're on books, you're looking at books, and it'll give you recommendations. So if you like this book, you might like this book. And I came across a book, I believe it was called uh, Lucifer's Daughter. And the cover didn't really give any sort of erotica vibes. It just kind of gave a fantasy vibe of this young woman who was the daughter of Lucifer. And the premise was that the four horsemen, you know, come to her one day and say, hey, you need to come rule hell. That, that's your your duty. Uh, I'm like, hey, that sounds great. I like, you know, demons. Like I was, I was a fan of Supernatural back in the day. So I, I put it on my list. I started reading it. And then over the course of four books, she proceeds to fuck all these horsemen um <laughs> sometimes more than one at a time we love a girl uh, boss yeah yeah no, i was i was actually, I actually really enjoyed it i just wasn't ready for it that's the only thing you, <laughs> I was like, oh, you were oh, prepared oh this is where we're going <laughs> well here i am now so let's i mean to be fair the first book was an accident the next three were not accidents but it was uh, still good enough story that you wanted to keep reading. it was yeah i think i gave the first book at least a three i think maybe a four and then, it, and yeah. then, like it kind of went downhill from there. But anyhow, that's my experience with the Brodica. <laughs> so for me, this is actually my sixth Katie Robert book. This is wow. This, I heard that. <laughs> this is my sixth Katie Robert book. Uh, I've been waiting on the Wicked Villain series for a while. I read Neon Gods by her last year. I fucking love that book. I love that book so much. I've actually been meaning to reread it. I love Neon Gods. And that, I think, was, like, my first actual, like, smutty book where, like, the point of the book was to be smutty. And so Wicked God, Wicked Gods, Neon Gods and Electric Idol, which is its sequel, are both, like, full-length novels. So I've read both of those. And then I've read three of her novellas from her Taboo series, uh, which are just, like, they're, like, a 100- hundred like less than 200 pages and it's just 98% smut 2% of a plot to give you a reason for the smut uh and I enjoyed the hell out of them they're so much fun they are very very fun 
So I started with Katie Robert, and then I have a couple other uh, smutty books on my shelf that I'm a big fan of. So I like smut as a genre. I'm not as big on dark romance, which is what this one falls under Mm -hmm. uh, for reasons that I'll get into later. Um, But as far as erotica goes, I'm not like the most well-versed, but I'm not like a total newbie to it anymore either. (laughs) I really love Katie Robert. I love her smut. I really like her as an author. She's a lot of fun. I have Me on Gods on my, my 2BR, and I think I'm going to take it off now. No, it's so good. No, we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. We'll okay, talk okay. after. We'll, we'll I'm going to convince you at the end of this. I'll convince you to read okay. Me on Gods. Okay, okay. I didn't, th- I didn't realize, again, it was a erotica novel. I probably came across that on the app. It was like, this oh, sounds great. Oh, it is very much an erotica novel. Okay, well, we'll I talk didn't later. know it was erotica until I saw it. Uh, pop up on a bunch of things that a bookstagrammer shared and I was like oh that's a dirty book (laughs) okay it very much is a dirty book (laughs) and then I was like oh wait I think I saw that was a book that Emma just read (laughs) I'll tell you Neon Gods is a 4.5 for me Neon Gods is so good I love that book well since reading um Laura Olympus I've always been interested in other tellings of Hades and Persephone so I'm interested in it just because I like you know the story around them in general so I have so many Hades and Persephone stories I read so many last year I ju- I literally just got one in the mail today I got the Savage and the Swan in my mailbox today which is another okay, Hades so you're and Persephone. Seeing what is up with all these Hades and Persephone stories it's I feel like so good. But I feel like everything the last like, year has been Hades and Persephone it's like you know there are other myths out there people. I'm here for there's, it there's... I'm here for it who doesn't love Hades and Persephone? It's like an enemies to lovers. It's a dark and light theme. Like it just it works aesthetically. It's so good. I agree, Jason. You got to catch up. Okay, apparently. And you know, Laura, what's your <laughs> what's your what's your experience with um, erotica? I I don't I I have not read erotica before this, <laughs> so this is my first one. I have recommendations. Uh, I mean, I will Aww, say that I have virgin. I have read like really terrible like short erotica type stuff online before uh but it's really bad it was just really bad so this was like first like really reading it um so I didn't really know exactly what to expect um I think the most the closest I got was like a there's a a trilogy sci-fi trilogy that I read that had sex scenes in it but it wasn't this detailed so yeah I uh this was kind of a you know getting out of my comfort zone <laughs> uh trying something different and I, I think I've mentioned before romance in general is not my genre um so you know I was unsure about this but you know I don't want to judge a genre if I haven't read it so, plus, uh, actually, somebody at Bookstagrammer Online recommended this book to me, um, which is a, why I said, hey, let's read this one. Fair enough. <laughs> so. <laughs> and Laura thought, you know what, let's ruin our childhoods. Let's- yeah, I told, well, I told her, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to destroy my childhood with these books. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, I'm probably going to read eventually anyways. Let's just do it. Let's make it happen. (laughs) 
Um, well, do you guys want to jump into uh, talking about it? What, do you want to give people the synopsis of what this book is about? Yes. Again, really quickly, this is a mature book. There will be things that we talk about that might not be good for everyone. So take care of yourselves. Um, Again, this is Desperate Measures by Katie Robert. It is an erotic, kind of like a fairy tale retelling um, and a dark romance. Emma. Oh, right. Okay. Would you like to read the synopsis for us? I would like to remind us all that when we did Dowry of Blood and I had to read quotes, I tripped over my words like seven times in one sentence. This is going to go great. I was so mad. You're not nearly as bad as Aaron, so it's okay. Perfect. Uh, All right. So Desperate Measures by Katie Robert. The synopsis goes, my savior or my ruin. One night in my entire life went up in flames, all because of him, Jafar. As my world burned down around me, he offered me a choice. Walk away with nothing but my freedom, or rise to his challenge and win my fortune back. I bargained. I lost. Now Jafar owns me, and even as my mind rails against his rules, my body loves the punishments he deals out when I break them. But a gilded cage is still a prison, and I'll do anything to obtain my freedom. Even betray the man that I'm falling for. And then do you want to, do we want to give the actual content warnings for the book? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So the only one listed in the book on the first page is that this book contains consensual non-consent. Um, but on her website, Katie Robert has content warnings, tropes, and tags for all of her books on her website. Um, so she lists consensual non-consent, explicit sex, uh, an abusive parent, parental death off page, murder, assault, and blood. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. I forgot that was on the website. That's much more detailed than what's in the actual book. Yeah, the book just has the the CNC thing on page one, which I appreciate, but I wish all of them would be there. Uh, and Katie Robert is actually really big on using content warnings and like listing literally everything that's in there. And she actually tweeted, I think yesterday or today, about how like she doesn't understand why authors are against content warnings because some readers will use them as a shopping list. She's like, people will search yeah. out your books based purely yeah. on the content warnings that you put on them. Use them. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. So I guess first we'll do a non-spoiler review. Emma, what did you think of it? I am conflicted on this book. I'm conflicted. I think it ended <laughs> up being a low three, which is a bummer. It's the lowest I've ever rated a Katie Robert book. And for me, it comes down to issues of consent, which she is usually really, really good about. But in this book, in non-spoiler terms, the consent is confirmed after the fact instead of being stated up front. And for me, that's a huge difference. And it bugged me the whole time until we got there. So the consent thing is a big issue for me. Um, This is a dark romance, and I tend to stray away from dark romance specifically because of that. As a genre, dark romance plays with lines of consent and I don't fuck with that I do not mess with that I I'm not a fan of it I like explicit enthusiastic consent uh so I would have liked to have seen more of that and then Jasmine as a character was just largely spineless and I wasn't (laughs) feeling it I I think that the it, it bugged me but I think that I'm gonna continue with this series because I think what I didn't like about this was circumstantial and character specific So I don't necessarily think that not liking this one means I'm not going to like the others. I'm actually very excited to get into the next one. 
but yeah, this one is like a low, a low, low three for me, which is a bummer. And it's, no. it's, the, it's the consent thing and it's not liking Jasmine as a character. But the smut is very good. Once we get past issues of consent, the smut is very good. I enjoyed it. It I am 100% right there with you. I exactly my thoughts. I mean, again, I am not super familiar with with uh, smutty books. And so the issue of consent, I'm like, okay, like how much of it is it an issue? How much of it is not an issue? But the very first encounter is like, I know it warns us about consensual non-consent, but in the context of the story, I didn't get those vibes. Like, it, like you said, it came after the fact. And so like, maybe that's okay. I'm, I'm new to this. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the course of the story, I did not like Jasmine at all as a character. I, I was, I liked the first half of the book. It started tailing off for me. The second half of the book, I found myself not caring whatsoever about the story or the sex scenes. Um, Dang. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, and there's a big spoiler at the end of of a sex scene, which I should have been excited about, but I was not at all, and yeah, it's probably like a three for me. Okay, how about you, Laura? Uh, I'm I'm kind of the the same there. Yeah, um, I think aside from the cons- consent stuff, um, the very controlling stuff. Uh, I also didn't like that I I didn't know what exactly the genre was, and I still thought it was going to be a fantasy. Oh. Because the synopsis doesn't tell you otherwise. And so I didn't expect it to be what it is. It's basically uh, a mafia romance. Yeah, it's like a mafia crime lords, how whatever the term is, yeah. And so I I didn't know that when I started reading. I didn't know it was like a modern day thing. Um, And I didn't read any reviews or or anything like that before we we jumped into it. So um, I think also, you know, one reason I didn't enjoy it as much as I didn't know what I was reading wasn't Mm -hmm. what I expected. Um, And that and the, the mafia crime stuff is not really my kind of genre in the first place. Um, so that itself, I was just like, "Mm, I don't, I don't quite always understand the politics of this stuff. Um, but I do agree that I thought the smut was very well written for the most part. Jason's not so sure. I'm a hey. big fan of Katie Roberts smut. I was, I was about well, to know something. But, but so. remember, remember, I've I've only read really terrible like fan fiction sounding stuff online. So like to me, this was like, wow, this is so good. I will admit a lot of the scenes, like this is kind of hot. I kind of like this. Uh, but also a lot of the wording though, like, wait, why was this word chosen? That does not mean what it should mean in this context. <laughs> And we'll get to it. But <laughs> Smut is very, like, person-specific to what you do or don't like, especially with dialogue. There are some authors yeah. that I just cannot stand the dirty talk they write. I don't like the dialogue they put in there, or it's very hit and miss for me. But, like, Katie Roberts is pretty consistently a hit for me. Okay. I'm, I'm we'll a fan of Okay, well, then should we jump into the spoiler stuff? Please. Let's please. do it. 
<laughs> Wait, let me refill my wine glass immediately. Laura, you, you, in the context of the book, you've teased me enough. Let's get to the good stuff. Wow. <laughs> well, let's jump in then. By the way, we're all drinking. We yeah. are. You, if you're not, if I you don't have the is... audio or the video, we are all yeah, yeah, drinking. We're, we're all drinking. I we all uh... opened some bottles of wine and Jason tequila. <laughs> drinking tequila. But... I specifically <laughs> grabbed a bottle of wine that was only half full, so I couldn't drink too much. Smart. <laughs> Good plan. Smart. I just bought mine a couple of hours ago, so <laughs> I didn't have. I choice. have another one if I feel like I need to go get it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my half a bottle of wine. I had maybe about a fifth a bottle of tequila, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right, and yeah, spoilers. Okay, do we want to kind of like go is, yeah. through roughly what happens? It's yeah. kind of short, so yeah. Okay, so we start out. I immediately in... have problems. <laughs> yeah, I really have is, questions. Is it, okay, so we start out in Jasmine's room. Jafar basically just lets himself in, tells her her father's gone. And everything that they owned belongs to him now, including Jasmine. Um, they make some kind of deal that if she can make it to the front door, uh, he'll release her trust fund and let her go. Well, and so more importantly, the first thing it opens with is the fact that she has been sold in marriage to yes, somebody else. That is also that true. she does yeah. not want. And she, when she questions it, her father slaps her in the face. And she's so that's the context for what's happening. Yes. Did that that just happen too, right? Was yeah, and like it, she had like before? just gone to her room. It was like hours before. Okay. Okay, so we're we're under that. She's she's in this mindset. So let's see. So Jafar goes in there. She thought it was the guy that she was supposed to be marrying. So she was about ready to kill that dude. Immediate knife to the dick. Immediate. Because <laughs> she yeah. was like, I'm too short to comfortably get my knife to his throat. What's the other thing that matters? Knife to the dick. I mean, I think smart, very. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. I mean, no, <laughs> resourceful. That, that's that's the correct move. I mean, I, I mean, I like it, but that's the correct move. It's yes. good for her. Um, and it establishes immediately that they have what is essentially a safe word in that scene. Yes. Oh, can we talk about that really quick? Because all right, because when they first mentioned the safe word, which is Raja, which is anybody familiar with the cartoon, it's the name of the tiger. I I fucking hated it because <laughs> I thought I didn't realize it was a safe word. I thought I that was either. like her pet name for him. I'm like, no, I don't fucking like this. Do not call him like like is he is he her tiger? Like that's my Raja. I hate it. It's so fucking gross. Oh no, I immediately caught that it was their safe word. No, I didn't. I, the first very instance, I thought it was a pet name and I hated it. And then afterwards, <laughs> it like, okay, name. it's a safe word. That's a little better. I still don't love it, but it's better. <laughs> but I didn't realize it was a state a safe word for a long time. Really? Well, because yeah. they they don't call it that for a long time, but it's implied that they verbally spar with each other. They throw insults. And that if they ever say that word, it all stops. Because she does mention that she said it once before. His insults got too close to home. She said it, and he backed off immediately. I, th- I, did, I thought that, that was a little weird. From? I thought that was a little weird of, like, why would you have a safe word with somebody where you've never done anything? There's never yeah. been any like, – it makes it very clear that she is a virgin when it comes to men or other people. They've never done anything. So why is there a s- established – safe word that, normally that you just tell to somebody to stop yeah yeah stop bro Again. i think i think it was a, a writer's choice she had to she had to create a scenario where they already had a word and didn't have to talk about it so that she could write the consensual non-consent 
that and that sense. was like the easiest way for it to happen. Mm. But okay. I'm not yeah. anyway. Okay, so we've all we figure out that they've already got some kind of safe word for some odd reason. Um, so he makes this deal with her. She get if she can make it out to the front door, he'll release his fund, let her go. She won't have to, you know, belong, quote unquote, belong to him. That's the uh, thing though, is that he will not release her funds. She knows that if she makes it to the front door, she can leave, but she has nothing. She has no money. She has nowhere oh, to go. Oh, that's right. That's right. He did. He said, no matter what, he keeps the, the trust fund, but right. she can have her life if she gets to the door. She agrees to to do this challenge. Uh, doesn't make it to the door, and then they bang in the hallway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's what you're going with, Laura. Now, bang. <laughs> okay. So uh, now we little, can get into details. It's a little, okay. So I understand. This is where the problem starts immediately. <laughs> immediately. This is probably this very first sex scene is the only one that I have legitimate qualms with, that I have like legitimate problems with. Because she's trying to write consensual non-consent, which is a concept I understand. I'm familiar with in erotica. Like I get it. This does not read to me as consensual non-consent because there was no conversation of it beforehand. There was no indication that this was what was happening. And it's framed in such a way that he's offering her a choice. He's like, you can say the word and leave. But when the choice is to leave with no money, no support system, nowhere to go, no shelter, no anything versus this, that's not a choice. It, this first scene to me essentially amounts to financial abuse. And it's the only scene in this whole or the only sex scene in this whole book that I'm viscerally uncomfortable with because of that. I see, see, I read, so I get what you're saying, and I agree with that, the, but the way that I read it was that if she did not want him to fuck her, she could have said the safe word. Yes. My problem was, what we've kind of said before, is, like, me and Jason didn't know that the safe word was a safe word at oh. this point. No, by the time the, the fucking started, I knew it was a safe word. The very first well, I, instance I, I, of Raja, <laughs> it's not clear. She just calls him Raja, and I thought that was his pet name. And then, she, and then she mentions it again later, or it's brought up again later. I'm like, oh, it's a safe word. So I understood by the by the time they actually did anything, it was a safe word. Um, but to to Emma's point, yeah, your options are you can leave and have nothing, or you can accept this and have what you're supposed to have already. Like it, it was like a. a forced instance of consent as mm, correct it's coercion consent. there okay. you go there's a word yes i got you i got you and okay. i hate i hate virgins and erotica i hate it i don't give a fuck that she tries to like she tries to say that like she's used <laughs> sex toys so like physically she's not a virgin i'm like no i cannot stand virgins and erotica get that out of here no yeah. that's a personal throughout preference book, yeah throughout the book i was like this girl doesn't sound like a virgin no and that continues to be an <laughs> issue for me i was texting a friend of mine like updates as i was reading and as the book progresses i kept thinking like this is her first introduction to sex and sexuality with another person involved of all kind like this is her first int- she doesn't know anything what are you doing and I want to jump forward a little bit, but after that first instance, you're, you've lost your virginity. Like, 
you go to a sex dungeon again. Like, this is so much. Yep. For a person who has no experience with sex whatsoever. Like, or life in general. Or life Right, because we didn't general. mention, not only is she incredibly sheltered, she has literally never left the grounds where she lives. Yeah. Her father basically right. owns a home and the surrounding land around it, and she has never left the walls of what is essentially his compound. She... So, like, she mentions multiple times that, like, she even acknowledges that her choice isn't really a choice because if she leaves, she doesn't know how to buy groceries. She doesn't know how to use public she transportation. She doesn't know how to get an apartment. Like, she doesn't know anything because she's never been allowed to. She has she has a high school diploma, and that's it. She was never allowed to pursue education outside of that. She was never allowed to do anything. And that's also why she stays with Jafar, who find out later, because he even gives her there. At one point, he gives her the opportunity to leave. Yes. And she straight up says, I don't know how to live, so I'm just going to stay here. Yeah, I, I made a note for that. I, I want to I clarify. Maybe maybe I missed it, right? She is the boss's daughter, right? There's no actual Agrabah. There's no, there's no land, right? Correct. So I have such a big issue with the concept of she's staying, she's sheltered to this house. It makes more sense if there was actual land. You're not allowed to leave the palace grounds, right? But right. if it, but in the context of just society right now, you've never been able to leave the house. Like that is so weird. And I feel like the writing was very back and forth about, is she a princess or is she just the boss's daughter? So there's a line and I'm jumping forward. I know, but there's a line. Um, just because I have a vagina doesn't mean I wouldn't be as good a ruler as my father, a ruler. You're only a ruler. If, if there's a land, but she's the boss's daughter. You wouldn't be the ruler. You would be a leader. I want to say that the, that's... She'd be the crime boss. Right. I want to say that that's a mafia romance kind of a thing. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'm they, part of the do mafia, have, so they do have land around their house. It's like a compound thing. It does mention that she does go to like this very super large, I don't remember how big, maze thing. Yeah, the hedge maze that they have on the their hedge land. hedge maze. That she she goes out there all the time, so they do have some kind of land on the property. It's not a political land; it's not a country. No, but but this is supposed to be like a crime lord mafia type thing. So she's saying that she would be the ruler of their territory. You may just miss the fucking crime boss thing. I don't know. (laughs) I who the fuck reads this for a story? Like (laughs) exactly. That's the thing. Is like the dark romance. I think mafia. I don't have a lot of experience with mafia romance, or particularly with dark romance either. But like. This kind of a story requires a large suspension of disbelief because that's not why, like, you're not reading it for the realism. Like, that's not the point. It's supposed yeah. to lay the backdrop for this. Spot. It's less than 200 pages and there's like seven sex scenes. That's what you're here for. Uh, so, like, I'm not going to harp too much on that, but like, I do see that where I was like, oh, that's a little weird. She's a little, a little sheltered, but they clearly live somewhere outside of the city outside of the territory because they have all that land and then it specifically says that they drive 20 minutes in town to get to the city to get to jafar's building yeah there's a lot that honestly the politics of it all will get you hung up it's not the point it's not the point let me me quickly delete all my notes about the plot hold on <laughs> I will say that persists um going back to how much I love Neon Gods. Neon Gods is a 4.5 and not a 5 specifically because I don't understand the geopolitical aspects of the land. Okay. Okay. So, it's a romance. It's a dark romance thing, I guess. 
Yeah, good okay. to keep in mind. Good to keep in mind. Uh, well, you guys brought up the uh, okay. So obviously, Jafar takes Jasmine. They go to his penthouse. He basically locks her in. Yes, which I felt was kind of weird because it felt more like it was Beauty and the Beast at that point. But okay, it is a Beauty and the Beast one as well. I yeah, that's Spoilers. why I was like, I guess this isn't Beauty and the Beast. Um. Uh. He he does his own thing a lot of the times, and then they also obviously they're arguing all the time. I didn't like that he didn't give her any clothes. Right, she had to quote unquote earn her clothes. Yeah, so she's just I hated this around man. naked. I hated this man. Wait, hold hold up. I want to back up a little bit because I have a bunch okay. of notes for chapter two. So we're, we're jumping ahead. <laughs> we're okay. Do you want to? Do you want to lead this? Because I no, don't. Have I don't. That many I notes. just. I don't know where we were in chapters, and I, my notes say Tink later, and so I know we're okay. So Tink Tink comes up. She is the fashion designer. She's a stylist. Right. Stylist. stylist. Yeah. So Jafar has Tink come to the penthouse and she Wait, no, 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 hold on. I want to comment on the first on the <laughs> okay, first sex scene. I want to comment on the first sex scene. Cause <laughs> there were, Oh, there we were... haven't moved on. No, no, I'm still I'm still there. We're I still I... in the in the beginning in the house? Chapter two. We're still chapter two, the very first, yes, in the house. Okay. <laughs> I message you both because okay. I have so many notes, so many questions, and we're You're not gonna even gonna have past. so much editing to do then. By That's, all means. I, don't, I do not care. It's worth it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so my least favorite phrase in any book I have ever read is the two words come cooling, where she's referring to the come cooling what? on her ass. No. <laughs> I feel like I blocked that out of my head. Oh no, I I fucking make a no. I Oh yes, that is in there. Let me let me just find that really quick. Oh god. Um yes, my body morphs. This is after the sex. Right after. My body morphs into something less solid than muscle and bone. I drop to the ground. I can do nothing but lay there and relearn how to breathe with my lower half exposed is come cooling on my bare skin. I'm like, I oh <laughs> mm. Have all the fucking sex you want. I don't care. Do not ever describe come cooling ever again. Holy shit. Anyway. Oh, man. That well, lost now everyone I read after this, I'm going to, if I see it, I'm going to be like, ew. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. I'm sorry. Did I see tabs in your book? You did. You did. You did. I never make tabs in my book, wow. and I did for this one. But oh that's not my even, god! But I read it on the ebook, so there's there's way more notes. These are just the ones like I knew for sure <laughs> I needed to bring to... up. These are these okay. are the hot ones, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, sorry, I have other notes, but we can, we can get to. So it's okay. not making it into your your favorite quote segment. <laughs> Maybe we should. We should use that as a quote for the book. God, <laughs> just that. Well, actually, another note before we get to Tink. Sorry again. <laughs> One part of the book that made me literally LOL, like I fucking laughed out loud at this book, um, was the question, are you on birth control? Um, <laughs> I laughed at that too. Because like for me, you mentioned it, suspension of disbelief. Like I'm in this fantasy. I'm just, I'm just in it. Don't, don't pull me out of it with the real world problems. Let me just assume she's on birth control or they're not going to have kids. Like, I don't know. I just thought after the fact, that was a really funny question to ask. Like, I'm just <laughs> thinking of, I appreciate that. You know why? Because I hate a pregnancy trope. 
So if you if you put that in there immediately that there's no chance of pregnancy, and then I think as a writer, what it means is that she does not have to write into every sex scene the sound of like ripping open a condom. Like she gets to just skip past that in all future scenes. She puts one line in now and she doesn't have to worry about it for the rest of the book. It was the fact that it was after the fact that that's fair. Ruined it for me. Like if it That's come before, fair. fine. But it was like all this, like this power plane. I'm going to make you mine. You were mine. Uh, oh, by, by the way, are, are you on birth control? Like, is that a thing we need to worry about? Like, it just, it just felt like it just pulled all his power out of the room. And yeah, sorry. That's I've fair. Been drinking. That's good though. <laughs> I don't want him to have more power. We can continue. I'm sorry. So they're at the penthouse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not much happens. They're at the penthouse. She's walking around naked. She's not allowed to wear any clothing. He's just being an asshole. Uh, Teen comes to give her clothes, but they're, like, night out clothes. I hated that scene, by the way. The scene with Tink, I hate it. It has, first of all, probably my least favorite quote in the entire book that I I didn't save, but it fucking stuck with me because she pulls that, she pulls one of my least favorite quotes that you see all the time where like she praises her for not being stick thin and having an actual body and i'm immediately Mm. like no no absolutely not because like tink makes a point to be like i think what she says is actually nothing against skinny girls but it's really nice that you have an actual body and i was like and i'm out i hate this woman yeah i hate this woman so much So that sucked. And then just, like, the idea, like, the whole stylist moment felt very, like, mid-2010s fan fiction. Ah, I don't don't love Tink (laughs) as a character. I'm like, fuck this. Just give me the sex scenes. (laughs) Give me what I'm here for. I felt like Tink didn't really add too much to the story. No. And she just kind of came off as as an asshole. And she's just a dick. She's just there just to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, she's I w- got her own book too. So she I was going to say I, I didn't I didn't realize this was a shared universe. Um, these yes. stories, yeah. and so when she was introduced, it was like, hold up, like these all cross over. So that kind of got me excited, but also pissed me off because like, fuck, I do not want a reason to continue on this series. <laughs> Neon Gods is the same thing, uh, and yeah. she's contracted for eight of those, nine of those books. Whoa, that's so many books. Okay, yeah, okay. and there's eight in this series, I believe. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so Jafar ends up taking Jasmine to the Underworld, which is the sex club. This was actually very interesting to me. I Because as I'm reading this, this book was written in 2019. Neon Gods came out in 2021. You, If you've read Neon Gods, you can see where she got the idea for that book here. Because Hades is the one who owns the sex club. And in Neon mm-hmm. Gods, Hades works, lives in the Underworld, runs the Underworld, and he runs a sex club in there and I was like it was a lot of fun for me as like a Katie Robert fan seeing like oh this is clearly where this put the idea in her head to start the Dark Olympus series okay using her own work for inspiration that's kind of cool okay so in the underworld uh Jafar's taking her there to basically show off his prize he conquered her father's business and his daughter basically uh, so they end up meeting Hades and Meg in the club, who Hades runs it. Sounds like Meg is second in command. Jasmine yeah. is instantly yeah, yeah, yeah. attracted to Meg. Uh, the The club was interesting. I feel like we didn't get to learn a whole lot from it. 
um, because it was really just focused on that it was a sex club. I think that's specifically because book two is going to be more heavily about it. Yeah. Because it's um, Hades and Meg and Hercules' book. Yeah. I guess we get enough to at least understand. But we we meet Hook briefly. That was just kind of a weird scene. Felt pointless, personally. <laughs> it's a smutty book! It I know, it, just, it was just weird, like, because Jafar is, is, uh... It's just an exhibitionism scene. <laughs> yeah, but like nothing, you couldn't see anything though, right? It was the implication. Because he was under her was dress. Happening. Yeah. He's okay. under her dress, but you can, he can't, he doesn't have a direct line of sight to his fingers in her vagina, but you're aware <laughs> of what's happening. You're aware of what's right, happening. But then like, it, he's like just doing this while he's having this conversation with Hook, but then we don't know what this conversation is. That's fair because she's very distracted. <laughs> it's more and I about didn't, I didn't the, get enough of who Hook was to be interested in Hook's book. <laughs> it's more about the concept of the exhibitionism. The fact there, the contents of their conversation doesn't matter. It's just the fact that there's a man watching it happen that's supposed to get her okay. off. Which is, again, how, again, like how you know this is uh, inspiration for Neon Gods. Because Neon Gods, the kink in that book is ex- ex- exhibitionism in the sex club. Gotcha. Um, after this, uh, Jasmine and Jafar do a, a role play sex thing in an office that's supposed to be like her father's office. Jason, no? you look very uncomfortable. Okay. This what? is where it lost me. This is where the book lost me. <laughs> okay, share. I don't know how to word it. I don't know... I, I, um, okay. I was all for the consensual non-consent. But like only in the context of the situation when it was like genuine to that moment. But once it was like, oh, let's do the schoolgirl in your daddy's office kind of thing, like it took on this extra level of of um feeling like a cheesy porn movie to me that lost me, if that makes sense. Um So you're not into role play. No, I I don't know how much to reveal about myself. No, like it's not the role play I had an issue with. It was, it was, I was reading about this power dynamic between Jafar and Jasmine, but then like it stopped that to like, here, go put on this costume. And so oh. that, I don't know, that's when it kind of started feeling like really cheesy to me. Uh, and it's, it's, it's other things working in tandem with that. But around this time is when I stopped having Cherry. interest in the book. Yeah. <laughs> So that's interesting because I actually liked it a lot more than the previous CNC scene because they talked about it once they because she at that point specifically asks for it because he asks her what she wants and she specifically asks for consensual non-consent. And at that point, I was like, I'm sold immediately. That's fine. So like the scene in the office where like in my head, I'm like, this is okay on every level because they've discussed pretty much all of this with the exception potentially of the voyeurism they don't really have a discussion about the voyeurism before he's like hey i just opened this window and now everybody's watching this happen i just yeah, like, like said, consent. that's all i need yeah the that thing about the window it, you're right it wasn't exactly talking about it she said she wanted to do it but didn't give permission to do it correct yeah it's it's one of those things and she even says later in the book i think about how like he's really good at reading her kinks or like reading what she wants. It was like, she's like, you just know all of the things that I want sexually. And I'm like, 
I understand that that's supposed to be what's happening. And that's, I think, where I lose my suspension of disbelief with smutty books is like, I need the conversation to happen. I need the explicit, enthusiastic, vocal consent before anything happens. And then I'm fine. Like, even if it's something that's not my cup of tea and I'm like, oh, I would not be into this. As long as you're all having fun and I know you're all having fun and you wanted Mm -hmm. this and they know you want this. Because what I don't love and what happens a lot in dark romance is the man, it's always the man leading. It's the man doing something that the female lead is really into and decides that she loves, but he guesses. He's like, I'm, I think, or I know that she'll like this, but she never said so. And I'm like, bitch, you don't know. You have no idea. And even she didn't know. So you don't know. That's where it loses. I just call me crazy. I like consent. But wasn't, wasn't this the scene though, where he also reminds her like, what is the safe word? Yes. And and I do appreciate that. Yeah, I liked that part because, you know, this was her first time in this sex club doing something she's not done before. Um, And so I did like that he brought that up and made sure they were in agreement. Um, And he wasn't going to continue making her do something she didn't want to do. To reiterate, however, I think it's very important to note because it bothered me. This is literally the second time she has ever had sex in her entire life. Yes. (laughs) what the hell what the hell that's why i hate i hate when authors make the characters virgins in their smutty novels no no i'm just like i'm gonna pretend that that's not true she's experienced she knows what she likes i'm gonna i substitute your reality for my own here because this cannot be the second time she's ever had sex in her life Mm-mm. I don't think so. I would have been mortified if that was my my second time having Yep. Sex. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Oh yeah, no. my god. <laughs> oh. Um okay, so after that they go to like some like room to sleep in or something. Jafar's gone. Uh Ali comes in. Surprise. Yes. Uh, He's not supposed to be there. He's not supposed to let himself in. He says he's going to be saving her and I believe forces a kiss on her. Yes. If I remember Mm -hmm. correctly. And Um, at this point, we know that Ali is in some way, shape, or form a bad guy. Uh, Obviously, he did essentially purchase Jasmine, so that's your first indication. But Jafar has also been looking for him because he is convinced that Ali is either going to try to kidnap... Jasmine and if he can't he will kill her so we um, also have he, that context in this yeah and, and Jafar also goes into the fact that uh, uh, Ali is just a bad person and will do things to Jasmine yes I was hoping for a redemption arc for Ali because, wow I, well, no, no, let me explain let me explain because again I'm going off of this is kind of based off of Aladdin uh, Aladdin and Ali are technically two different personas Right. Mm-hmm, There's true. A, the true Aladdin and Ali's the, the, the person he portrays. And so I was hoping that Ali was the bad guy, but then Aladdin would explain, hey, I bought you because of this reason, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we never got that. So it, he was just what, bad all, all the way through. He's just a bad but guy. He's just a bad guy, which is fine. But I mean, they're all bad guys. So. I was waiting. I was like, okay, give me Aladdin. Give me Aladdin. Oh, there's there's no Aladdin. Just kidding. And do we know at this point that Jafar, in staging his coup, had moved his timeline up and why he did so? 
I don't think we know that yet. Okay. Because I, as soon, like, literally the second the book started, I knew that was what it was. But I don't know when I we actually find that out. Yeah, I think it's a little closer to the end that they talk about that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, so Ollie leaves. Jafar finds out. He's really pissed. Um, so he ends up locking Jasmine back up in the penthouse. Well, and... there's there's a scene there that I think is really important for them. In that, um, so Ollie forces himself on her, kisses her against her will, and she freaks out. And there's actually a really important scene in there in the way that Katie writes it. I understood where Jasmine is essentially naked, except for a sheet. And oh, yeah. he grabs her hand. And she's like, physically, I could remove myself from his touch. I could remove my hand, but I don't know how he's going to, I don't know if he's going to get aggressive if I stop. So she just freezes and freaks out and doesn't know what to do. And she's afraid. So he kisses her and then he leaves and she is physically ill. She goes and she vomits and she's scared and she's shaking, which is then when Jafar shows back up and he freaks out because he doesn't know Ali was there and he thinks he did something wrong. So he's You're concerned. Right. He's like, did I hurt you? Did I go too far? Are you okay? What happened? So that's like our first indication that he has any real concern for her like mental well-being or her physical well-being, yeah. uh, which I guess is like, I would have preferred that sooner. I would have preferred yeah. that sooner, but it was, I guess, nice. And then they do go after Hades uh, and go go see him and be like, what the fuck? How, how did he get in here? Uh, related to that, after the the, the previous sex scene, um, there is a part where it explicitly mentions that Jafar practiced aftercare yes. with her, um, which is very important for these type of relationships. And and so that was like my first in- indication that oh, Jafar does actually care about her, um, so he's not all bad, you know. Like, and I think in that. In that scene, that might be in his point of view. And I think he indicates that he does always practice aftercare. He just doesn't usually care about it. He's like, I know that it's a necessary thing. And so I do it because I'm not a horrible person. But I actually care and I want to do this for Jasmine. And I want, and that's your like, oh, he's starting to have emotions. (laughs) He's like, what is this? No, that's a a good point that you brought up. I forgot about that. Um... I literally just read this last night. Yeah. The night before. I finished this last week, so. <laughs> um, so because Ali is there, that makes Jafar do an even more strict lockdown. Basically says I'm going to be gone for a few days because he's going to go off looking for Ali. Uh, let's see. Where's my notes here? Um... He has Tink go back to get her more clothes. Um, and she brings Meg. Uh, and Meg basically offers to get her out, get her away from Jafar. Says there's no strings attached. Yeah, right. I don't trust she, fucking anybody in this fight. I don't trust yeah, no. nobody. I don't trust Tink. I don't trust Meg. I don't trust Hades. I don't trust. I trust nobody. No. Well, and even even at that point, they were like, "Well, she Jasmine in her head was thinking, okay, well, if I get away, then that just damages Jafar. He loses control of you know the plans, his territory, wanting to take over. Like it damages him. Okay, I get how this is beneficial to Hades." 
But I was like, there's no way it's that simple. <laughs> and no I think way. somewhere in this time period is when Jafar had offered that he would let her leave and keep her money. And she had also said no to that. So she, had, at yeah. this point, has said no to the original offer of leaving with nothing. She said no to leaving with her trust fund. And she's now saying, she doesn't say no. She just says, can she think about it to Meg's yeah. offer? And again, because like, it's just all this, like, you don't really have a choice because her choice is, like, no support system. Yeah. Her saying no to the second offer from Jafar is my is my my last biggest gripe with the book. Yep, same. Because uh, the quote is, we both know I'm not equipped to deal with the world. Not now, not yet, dot, dot, dot. Do you really think I'm capable of going out on my own? And it just proves that Jasmine has no agency. She's, she's, she's fucking spineless. She's she's not a fucking character. She has she's no independence. She is she's just dependent on everybody. And, and she again, keeps like thinking about the fact that she doesn't like being under Jafar's thumb, but then does nothing to change yeah. it. Even when it's literally silver platter handed to her that she doesn't have to be, she's still like, "No, I'll stay here." I'm like, "Bitch." Yeah. Well, you no. know what's also ridiculous is even if she doesn't have any life experience whatsoever, she's got a freaking trust fund. She has money. Exactly. Figure it out. <laughs> money will get you anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I know um, this is not the Disney version. I keep comparing it to the Disney version because that's what it's based off. But, like, especially this part annoyed me because in the Disney version, it goes out of its way for Jasmine to say, I am not a prize to be won. Yep. And in this book, that is literally what the fuck she is. Mm -hmm. like, yep. It's like, okay, so you could not have changed Jasmine any more than the complete 180. Yeah, this is not this is not Disney Jasmine at all. No, and that was frustrating. I think she still has a little bit of the attitude that Jasmine in the, the Disney Jasmine had. But I think that's really it. Because she's written to be a brat. So like in a Dom sub relationship, she's right. a bratty sub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not about it. Hate it. Okay. So that happens. Um, first, I, I how long has it been? It's a great question. Like a week, maybe? Not even? There's some passage of time because there's like a there's like a line about how she's been in there for a while and like Jafar like comes to her room every night so they can fuck. That's so like, exactly what I was gonna ask about next. There's some passage of time. I would guess it's been maybe a a couple of weeks. I don't fucking know. I feel like it's only been almost a week at this point. That seems that was, fair. That was my understanding of it. Like Okay. Also, I'm just like, this bitch just had sex for the first time. I know she's sore as fuck. You cannot be having all these sex scenes back to back like this. Yeah. She said she uses a lot of toys. So. I know, I know. That's the sense that's the suspension of disbelief that in muddy novels, I'm always like logistically I'm just like, I, I have a lot of logistical questions for this. And then my friends who read some I always are like, shut the fuck up. It's not the point. And I'm like, no, I have questions. That this sounds like us with our regular books. <laughs> like, even non-smutty, like, romance novels in general, my friend will not recommend to me anymore because her favorite I read, and it's It Happened One Summer, which was a book that I loved, but in, this is a total tangent, I'm sorry, I've been drinking too much wine. No, In that, the 
there's a subplot of them renovating a, what was once a bar. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're renovating like a space to live in or like a space to have for like these people. And at the end of it, they actually open it as a working bar. And I was so mad and it dropped it a star for me because I was like, there was no talk of vendors or health inspections or F, like, uh, like venue. Like there was no HVAC inspection. There was no, what the fuck they got. They didn't get a license to sell anything. They didn't get a liquor license. There were no permits. <laughs> That's what I would say too. That's not just you. <laughs> And she won't recommend those books to me anymore. <laughs> that is way more nitpicky than me. <laughs> There's no permits. Whoa. This is an illegal speakeasy. They're going to get shut down. <laughs> oh my no, I totally know what you mean. I think like that too when I read read books like that. Like, yes, um... on to your topic of the timeline. Logistically, this timeline doesn't make sense. They've had no. sex too many times in too short a period and she had sex for the first time. I'm just saying. Somewhat related that I wanted to ask. I've not, I've not been in a honeymoon phase a very long time. Jason and I are celebrating our ten year wedding anniversary, but we've been together much oh, longer than that. Thank you. Uh, do people have sex that often? <laughs> yes. The answer like, is yes. She says that he comes to her every night while he, like, for three or four days or something like that. And I was like, I literally left a note. I was like, do people have sex this much? I guess yeah. it depends on the relationship and the sex drive. Yeah. That's not out of the ordinary. I just don't think that I would. I, I just. They I just got lucky that I guess that, that their much. sex drives match. Because even when they're yeah. not having sex, they're having phone sex. That's true. There Which, was, by the I way, I was that. a fan of that the phone is... sex scene. That was a good scene. Cue InSync's digital get down. <laughs> the way that I did not understand what that was about when I was like five years old singing that song. Who let, who let that happen? Who let that happen? It took me a little bit to understand it when it came out, but I definitely, when I figured it out, I did whatever I could to make sure my parents didn't hear me listening to it. I did not want them to know what it was about. <laughs> That was one of those that, like, I I heard again as an adult, and I was like, "Oh, I love it." What the fuck? <laughs> what? Well, there's there are so many songs like that. Yeah. So anyway, that was a solid. So yeah, they're having sex every night. They're having phone sex when he's away. Um. So it's been some period of time, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> Uh okay, so after a few days, oh, and Meg gives her seven days to decide. So that's another indication of the time period. Uh, but Jasmine decides before that. Yes. So at some point, Jafar comes back, and he instead of taking her out to dinner as planned, he sets up a really nice dinner on one of his floors of the building. Uh, they have actual normal conversation. Um, and then he treats her to a threesome with Meg. He treats her to a threesome. No, that was that's fucking solid. Is. You know that was a solid is. scene. I don't care who you are. Ugh. You didn't like it? That was a no, good at scene. This, at this point, I lost interest. At this point, I was kind of I, done with the book. Like, I should have been way more excited about it, but I wasn't. I was like, okay, well, yeah, this is what I've been wanting the entire time. But I just, I'm so, I'm so tired that their their relationship, Jafar and Jasmine, was just tiring to me. It that's was kind of tiring after a while. I'm yeah. just you. You just in it for the smut scenes, and then the plot is just to tie together smut scenes. That's that's. You just yeah, don't exactly. worry about the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need I need you know enough of the premise to get me interested in the story, and just get to the scenes. Just get to 
the fucking just get, give me the three sums. I don't care about a plot anymore. For listeners, keep in mind this book is what 188 pages. It's pretty uh, small. Oh, no, it's 209 pages. Yeah, yeah, it's 200. Um, there's not so... a lot of room when you have like nine sex scenes for a lot of plot. I honestly felt like there wasn't enough sex in this in book. <laughs> I was like, when is it going to get to the sex scene? Why am I reading this? The Why first sex scene starts happening. Oh, oh no, to Laura's point, okay, again, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know when we get to the sex scene. I didn't know how funny this would be. But it starts teasing it chapter one, like right away. I'm like, oh, we're getting a fucking sex scene right away. Yep. And I had to wait to chapter two for the actual sex scene. Way too long. That is way too long. No, but after that, the sex doesn't happen. After the first one, which was non-consensual to a certain point. Yes. There isn't another one until several chapters later. That's fair. And I was I, like, yeah, the next when is stuff going to happen? Scene was probably the huh? phone sex after that. I think after the first time, the the next time that they actually describe a sex scene is a phone sex. Oh, I guess that counts as a sex scene, yeah. And then after that, it's the it's the club. Club, yeah. They're, they're... I thought the phone sex was after the club. No, it was no, it's because it it, it's morning. when she's first dis- like uh, first exploring the place, yeah. and she realizes right. that like he has a camera on her computer or on his computer. I forgot there, about that four, one. Are there four scenes in this book? Counting the, the phone sex one? Phone sex, first sex scene, the club. There's two phone Meg. sex ones. No, there's the one on the on the camera. Yes. Camera. She was, and then there's an actual phone sex. Um, right, right, right. Because right, he calls afterwards. her in the morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So including the phone sex scenes, I think there are seven sex scenes? Seven? I'm missing two somewhere. First one, two, Guess we're gonna have to reread it. Oh god, no! <laughs> no. Okay, let's go back to this. Um, no, I want to move on. I so move they on have to... a threesome. Give me, give me Tink. I don't know. I don't know if it was. I don't know. Okay, so this book was recommended to me by an, a bookstagrammer because I asked her for a recommendation that had FFM in it because everything oh. that I keep seeing is a lot of men right which i mean that's great too but i was like where are the books for with with more women or yeah. like for bisexuals and you know like do you know of anything and so she recommended this book and so i knew that at some point that was going to happen and so i don't know if i just felt underwhelmed by it or if i didn't like it because i was actually really annoyed in real life <laughs> just before i was reading that scene <laughs> Uh, went into it in a bad mood. I went into it in a kind of a bad mood, and and so I don't know if I just didn't like it or if it was because of my bad mood. So I know the. I think I totally get <laughs> if you went into this book expecting like FFM, how that would be a letdown. Um, I know the last. I think it's. I think Queen Takes Rose is the last one in the series, and that's uh, a lesbian couple. And I. I think it's just the two of them though. Hmm. I don't know that there. I mean, I'm not looking like just for that. I was just like, is there anything that has like I'm not seeing right. anything like this that everybody online keeps talking about? So I don't know. I just she was like, oh, the, it's got one scene in it. Book is really good. There's the one scene. It's really hot. You should read it. And so I don't know if I was just like, 
I don't know. You said it was well written, though. I was a fan of it. I liked the scene. I don't know. I don't got anything else other than that. I had a good time with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any like analytical discussion about it. I just was like, this was, fun. this was fun. I, you know what I get, but it was another one of those where like, it wasn't discussed beforehand. Jafar makes all the decisions for her. And that bugs mm-hmm. me in this book. Yeah. Um, totally. And that's another thing where like, I trust Katie Roberts writing and I trust her smut writing. So I think, in particular, it was simply the circumstances of being a mafia romance-esque thing and the circumstances of who Jasmine and Jafar were as people of why I didn't love this book, which is why I'm going to continue the series. Um, but yeah, he just made all of the decisions for her. Like she, as far as he knows, she thought Meg was hot and that's it. And then he invites her into their bed like immediately. I was like, oh, that's a decision. Well, that's a big choice it, to make for this. Well, your third year. time having sex. Yes. Well, well no, at this point, they've some... had sex a lot, but still. Oh, it's, fair enough. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think at some point they he kind of he brought it up, and the way that she had responded to him, like implied that she would. Yeah, he brought it up in the middle of their sex, like in the middle of the sex that they were having at the club. And I'm like, that's oh, still that? like, okay. you're bringing it up in the heat of the moment. So, yeah, like, so you, I just need a conversation. I truly yeah. just need a conversation. That's like me saying, I would love to skydive one day. And then I go on a date and guess what? We're on a plane. Get ready to jump. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. I, no, no, me no, saying no, no, I no. would do it does not mean now. Where are we in this book? <laughs> We're almost at the end. Okay. So they have the threesome. Because Yeah. The threesome and- is very close to the end. Yeah, they have the threesome. Um, uh, the next morning, Jasmine decides that she is going to take Meg's offer. Uh, Jafar's gone at this point. Uh, Meg and Hades show up. Um, they somehow hack the elevator that lets her down. Uh, they take her to the airport and hand her off to Ali. <gasps> Big surprise! Yeah, because she gets in the car and it's not just Meg. Hades is there as well. And she's kind of yeah. immediately like, oh shit. You know if it's from Meg, it's from Hades. Yes. Because the other thing is that uh, Hades makes deals. Like, that's his thing. He makes deals with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, you're just like, well, this is absolutely shocking. Did not yeah. see this coming. Again, Jasmine's just a dumbass. Yeah, she's not she's smart. She's so in dumb. So Ali takes her, ends up taking her back to her father's house and locks her in her room. Does he take her to the airport? I thought he just... He, no, he put her in a car because they only drive like 20 minutes. But he he rips her out of oh, the car by her hair and shoves her into the trunk of a car. And they you drive right. to her father's house. And oh, I was man. like, well, there's... I guess there's your uh, no no redemption for Ali as soon as he rips her out of the car by her hair. That was, that was like, oh, just kidding. I was wrong. <laughs> and then, like, Hades... Okay, so fucking Jafar. I, when I was, I was texting a friend of mine updates the whole time, I kept calling Jafar Hades because I read so many Hades books. Wow. I read so many Hades books and Hades is in this book and it's not in me to realize that he's not the main character. That's what I'm saying. Too many Hades books. (laughs) Too many. So when uh, Jafar is told by like his man that Jasmine's gone, he's like, yeah, I assume she would figure out the elevator at some point and she's just gone. Like, it's fine. Uh, we never got an no. indication that you were aware that could happen or that she was aware that could happen because she never even fucking tried. And then he's like, oh, just kidding. No, I like you're not getting it. She was kidnapped. Yeah. 
cue the climax of the book. Climax. I don't know how yeah. elevators work. I only have experience with the elevator that was in our shop. Kind of in our shop. It was how we got into the basement. Um, and the the way that that worked was there was a key. Mm-hmm. And you had to turn it a certain way with the key. Uh, I don't know how to hack that. I don't know how you would bypass that. Or in a book, you can hack anything. (laughs) Hacker voice. But apparently, Hades knows how to do it. Uh, (laughs) And assume Jasmine would, because we glossed over the fact that she likes software engineering. That's what she's into. That's right. I forgot about that. She she does have a mind. She Mm -hmm. wants to turn her father's business to also include digital get down or other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that I'd want to say it again. <laughs> no, that was good timing though. <laughs> so what a um, half a bottle of wine will do to me. <laughs> okay, so so they tell Jafar she left with Hades. Uh, they're going to try and figure out where she is. Uh, so Jafar goes to Hades at the club, tries to talk to him, won't. But Tink brings him a note from Hades, which I think is weird, that says Jasmine's at her father's house. And uh, says that was his way of getting like getting even with the issue that they had with Ali in the club. So Hades as a character actually makes a lot of sense to me because this instance and the the one in the club where Jafar like storms into Hades' office and he's like, how the fuck did Ali get in here? And he's like, your little vendetta doesn't matter in here. He has a membership. Like, I don't give a fuck about you two are fighting. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. And then in this one where he's like, yeah, I made a deal with Ali. You got in the crossfire. Like, I make deals with everybody. And I'm like, that also makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that she's going to characterize him in his own book, but here I was like, Jafar is just assuming everybody thinks the way he does and like is on his side. And I'm like, no, this is basically the hotel from John Wick. Like none of your vendettas matter here. <laughs> You're not allowed to fight each other. I don't give a fuck if you guys hate each other. Not my problem. Well, do you think that him providing this information makes sense for Hades character too? I do because it's, yeah, he's like, I understand that, that Ali, cause he does end up, revoking ollie's membership after he accosts jasmine he's like yeah that shouldn't have happened he shouldn't have been able to get into her room and now the problem has been solved and you don't get to hold it over my head ever again we're done yeah so that's like his like we're even now yeah okay so they he finds out jasmine's at the house um and then it switches back to jasmine uh she's forced to join ollie for dinner and she learns that he is planning to have them get married that evening really fast i don't think you can even um, get a license that fast she does not like that and she kind of like i don't know flirts a little bit over to him and gets close enough to slit his throat good for and her and then she takes over the compound Yay. first agency she's shown in the entire book it's when she <sighs> kills that man took the whole book it only took murder for her to throw a spine yeah so she takes over, everybody is willing to follow her, and then Jafar shows up, obviously too late, um, is very confused, sees her, is happy about it, agrees to follow her, and basically like see each other as equals or some shit like that. Wait, I want to give a shout out to the one employee who was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. 
I don't want to yeah, follow you. Yeah, the one guy. I forgot his name. I don't know his name. Richard, I'm gonna call him fucking, it was Richard. It was Richard? Yeah. He was like, nah, I'm good. And then they cut to him outside the compound just chilling there. He's like <laughs> waiting waiting for his ride or some shit. <laughs> so she, she kills Ali. There's two guards in the room with her when she kills Ali. So she kills Ali. And then one guard goes after her because he just she just killed his boss. And the other guard shoots him in the head and it's like, I'll follow you. Why the fuck? There has been no indication in any of this book that she is somebody that anybody would respect or would follow or would understand has a brain of any kind. Apparently they do, though. So the guy kills the other guy and she tells him she's like, call everybody in. And she gives, she's like, you can either stay and work for me or you can leave. And fucking Richard is like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Just Which, the one guy walks in. Well, and to, 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 go, to go back a little bit, apparently he was also the guy that tried to get Jafar to let him have his own fun with Jasmine in the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Jafar was like, fuck no, get out. Uh, I was upset that he that didn't was kill him. that man. I was yeah. like, I accepted it. I expected him to kill that man. Yeah, but me yeah. too. So then when Jafar shows up and suddenly he's like, oh, well, not not equals, not even equals. He's like, I will be your right hand. I will work for you. I'm like, nothing in this book has indicated oh, right. that she has any competence to run a crime syndicate and that he's okay working under her. But okay. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So that's that's basically how it ends. He agrees in front of everybody. Yes, I will. I will follow you. Then he goes to her room with her, and she allow- they agree that he's still in control in a <gasps> private You know life. what we skipped over entirely? Mm. What? The daddy kink. I was oh, about I to- have a note for that. I was going to come back to <laughs> that. I have notes. We didn't talk about yeah. the daddy kink at all. I'm not getting I didn't into see that one coming. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it either. I don't like it either. Oh, I hate it. I'm not a huge fan, but again, as long as things are consensual, I don't entirely mind them. But yeah, like she brings it up as like a joke almost. And he's like, yeah, no, that's great. What I loved and one of the only parts or like one of the things in this book that actually made me laugh out loud is that she calls him that. And then it like the way that it's written, she like makes a face and she's like, oh, why is that sexy? And he's like, I don't know. That's your problem. That's for you to figure out for yourself. No. I don't like it. I mean, if it works, if it's if it works for a couple, good good for you. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I my biggest issue with was his response right after, and I wrote it. My cock goes so hard. I have to pause to keep from freeing it and driving it into her here and now. <laughs> and um, I realize at this point, how would you have written that then? Well, funny you should ask. I have this fanfic right now. <laughs> Um, I'll get back so to you. So what I'm hearing is that you would not recommend Katie Roberts' Your Dad Will Do. Whoa. <laughs> Jason, that's your next book. Oh, no. I'm not going to lie. It's not bad. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna, what's this called for no it's, reason? It's called Your Dad Will Do. It's a novella. A woman's fiance cheats on her. And to get back at him, she fucks his dad. Girl boss. Dad, I'm gonna have to create a second Goodreads account. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe you need you just need the right book. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to look at what she tagged this as. So on her website, she lists tropes, tags, and content warnings, all as different things. So you read the content warnings in the beginning. The tags were her tags kill me. By the way, 
Uh, her tags were, my father's second in command wants me. Very specific. Uh, if you make it to the front door, you're free. But if you don't, you're mine forever. Captive heroine, villains do it better, BDSM, exhibitionism, role play, safe words, and daddy kink. I think her book that just came out actually today, The Dragon's Bride, has one of my favorite tags. She tagged it as, if you sexy run, I will sexy chase you. What? I love that. That's great. I love that. Okay. Favorite tag I've ever read, I think. I knew that on a shirt. <laughs> if you sexy run, I will sexy chase you. Yeah. Out today, The Dragon's Bride by Katie Robert. <laughs> not sponsored. Oh, um, what other details have we not talked about? I don't know. I think that was that was everything that I at least had issues with. I think my main issues were issues of consent and just Jasmine being totally spineless. Because, like, her complete 180 turnaround at the end of, like, rising to be the head of this crime syndicate is totally unbelievable when she has been completely spineless the entire book. Yeah. But again, you're just reading for the sex. This, this is what we're here for. It's truly all you're I, here for. Um, I personally did not like how much Jafar controlled her in general that's fair i was okay with it during the sex though (laughs) that's the thing like it's i think there's a difference in how you're gonna and like some people are into the idea of a relationship that's fully like even when you're not having sex it's you still keep the daddy dom baby girl kink like that's some people are totally into that right um that's fine the thing for me is it literally just comes down to all I need is one conversation. I need one conversation at the beginning of the book that establishes that. And then if that continues to happen, it's fine by me. Right. Because when you're reading it and experiencing it, it doesn't feel that way. Because mm. you're not a, a Jasmine in her head. Her perspective does not tell us that. Yeah. So. Even the way that she thinks about it. She never she thinks about it as a choice of having sex with this man or having nothing. I'm like, mm, I don't like this. Like she, I think she even phrases it as like, it's not even a real choice at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I will add on to the, the, the consent conversation happening ahead of time. What I needed for that relationship that the Dom sub relationship to really make sense was her having agency of herself. Yep. Um, at no point in this book did she ever strike me as someone who had any control of her life whatsoever. Like that relationship only works if you willingly give that control to a person you trust. That is a, that is a relationship that you've established. Here's the control. I will tell you when you're crossing the line with the safe word, but at no point does she have any control to give up. And so that, that, that's where it like, now this does not work for me whatsoever. Because he controls literally everything. He controls the roof that she lives under, the money that she has access to, the clothes on her back, whether she even has clothes on her back mm-hmm. at all. And I was like, oh, for me, that's the line that dark romance rides that like, I don't seek out dark romance specifically because I know that's such a problem with for me in the genre is that line of consent. And that's where it loses it for me. This is the only Katie Robert book that I've ever had that problem with. Bummer. I am. Um, well, I wonder how the rest of them are then. Are the rest of them considered dark romance? I think they're all under that same umbrella. I'm very curious because I have. So we, you and I both have learned my lesson, which is the next one, which is mm-hmm. uh, I love a good thruple. I love a thruple. So that one's uh, Hades and Meg and Hercules. And that one I'm excited for. I also like the premise of like Hercules thinks he's going to save Meg and then goes in and finds out, ha, she doesn't want to be saved. And now you're stuck here too. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. 
as a concept, I'm interested in that. I'm curious to see if it carries the same like mafia kidnapping vibes, which I'm not a huge fan of, or yeah. where we go from there. I am really excited yeah. for her next Dark Olympus book. <laughs> I feel like I would have been more interested in the Jasmine Jafar relationship after this point. I yes. like a good power couple. Yeah. Which is also why I am actually excited to read the the next one about Hades and Meg. Because you already know from this book, they are a team. Yes. <laughs> Meg likes being there. You know, like, they seem like a good power couple. And then also just based on the synopsis, I was like, this actually sounds like this might be more my kind of story. Um, even though, again, this isn't necessarily what I was expecting overall. Um I am interested in that kind of interaction. There's also um, a series of short stories that she published. Um, and I'm sure that there's a Wicked Villains one, in, or not a Wicked Villains, a Desperate Measures one in there. So I'm sure that there's a Jasmine and Jafar story in there that's post the end of this book. Mm, okay, okay. Because yeah, after this it goes, <laughs> learn my lesson, which is uh, Meg, Hades, and Hercules. A worthy opponent is Tink and Hook. And I know that there's another thing of like multiple partners, but I think they're the main relationship. Like they're the only actual relationship. The Beast, I want to say, is the Beast, Belle, and Gaston, I think. That's correct. The Sea Witch is, I actually don't fucking know. Ursula? It's Ursula and the the two. (gasps) Is it the Eels? The Eels. Oh, Okay. And then Queen Takes Rose is Sleeping Beauty, I think, right? And and the the Wicked Witch. I think whatever so. Whatever the fuck she is. And then that's the last one. And then I think she, I think Katie Robert actually pointed out that she published Queen Takes Rose last because books that are uh, female couplings sell significantly less, which is always a bummer because she really likes writing them. Interesting. But I, yeah, I, so I'm excited to read, like, I'm still going to read Learn My Lesson. I want to see where that goes. But like this one, I think was just not a great start for me personally because of the consent issues. Yeah. Ah. Well, hopefully the other ones are, you know, address that. I mean, this is the first in this series. So maybe she was still trying to figure things out with it. I don't know. I also can't believe that there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books in this series. And the first one came out in 2019. Like, I know they're short, but damn. She writes so much. She put out like 11 books last year. She writes an insane amount. She's self-published too, isn't she? Yeah. So most of her books are self-published. The um, Dark Olympus series, so Neon Gods, um, Electric Idol, Wicked Beauty, all of those are traditionally published. So she's she's a hybrid. She does both. Hmm. And then like her newest one that just came out, also self-published. When your books don't have any plot, you can write pretty quickly. Yes, romance books are... <laughs> smutty books are much faster to write. That is very true. <laughs> what kills me is that she she talks about how um, she has, like, a standing desk, and she has a treadmill under it, so she, like, can walk. And she's like, that made her start writing a lot faster. And I'm like, you're telling me you're writing these, like, hardcore-ass sex scenes, and you're just walking on a treadmill? <laughs> like, wow. it's just any other day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> My friend, uh, will, to, my friend really loves her books and she'll text me that like she's reading them. I'm like, it is 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. What are you doing? <laughs> Jason, what were you going to say? Oh, just really quick. I would not stand for the erasure of Raja, Iago, and Abu. I was waiting for... They? 
pop up when his second in command was named Jeremiah. I was like, you could have literally named him exactly. Iago. Exactly. Richard. <laughs> yeah. Why is his name Richard? I wonder how close you can get before Disney hits you with a with a lawsuit. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> She's like, I can use Jasmine Nufar, but other than that, because like even the father's name was Balthazar. Do we? I don't think the the father even has a name in the cartoon. Sultan. Yeah, he's just just the Sultan. Sultan. Yeah. But uh, so that's the end of the book. Yeah, you guys read your first, or Laura at least your first like just smutty book. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I feel a little bad that this was your first one because I have issues with the consent. I'm like, there's there's better ones. It, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I think for the most part, I was still generally entertained. But you are right, as you keep saying, these books aren't written for the plot. So <laughs> that's why, like, for me, it's still a three star. Like, even with all the issues I have, it's still three stars because, like, I'm not rating it like I would rate like a general fantasy book or a general sci fi book. Like, it. I knew what I was getting when I went into it. I'm getting a 200 page sex book and that's what i'm rating it as <laughs> so emma we're doing a new a new way of rating it's oh would you say that this book is shit or the shit oh what's in between nothing oh yeah no choose one would you recommend it or no i would not recommend this purely for the consent reasons and that's a personal preference i would not recommend this one Says it should. At least not to start with. Okay. Jason? Uh, I would say this book is shit too. Nah, I want to recommend it. <laughs> How about you? No. I would also say shit. I think I could read something better. That feels so harsh. I need something in between. Because <laughs> I will say... <laughs> The sex scenes, other than the first one, I really, like, I do like how Katie Roberts, like, writes smut. I I like how she generally writes it. I have a good time with it. I have a lot of fun with her writing. Other than that first one that bothered me. But, like, in general, as a whole book, I'm like, mm, no. No. But the smut, I have a good time with. Which is really what I'm here for. I've also finished my half a bottle of wine, by the All way. Alright, so you say the smut is the shit, but the book itself is the shit. That sounds fair. I would agree with that. Jason? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to read Neon Gods now so you can I so I can see what you think about that one. Maybe we should do that as our next one. <gasps> Laura, I... Oh wait, you already have ones that you want to do next. I have, a, I have a list of books I want to read forever. Oh. Okay, well, first of all. We'll add it to the list. We'll add it to the list. Emma, I, you said that you are going to read the next one, yeah? Yes, I am absolutely going to read Learn My Lesson. Okay. I, I am also going to. I am I am hoping this one will be more my type of book. Jason? I don't I don't know. I mean, okay, so you two have the benefit of having the book, right? So it's yes. easier for you to, to uh, commit to that. I don't, right. I don't have that book. So it, I want to, though. Like, I... I I want to continue on because I'm hoping the next books are better. There are other characters perhaps I would enjoy more. Um, it's about 50 pages longer. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Part of me wants to. Part of me doesn't feel like I need to. Like, my life is not going to miss out by not continuing on. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll let you two read it first and then and then let me know. If, if it's fair. better okay. than this one, then I'll, then I'll continue on. That's fair. That works. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, thank you again, Emma, for for doing this and and trying out a new type of episode. This was fun. I like. I feel like you guys know this feeling where like you spend the whole episode shitting on something and like it wasn't bad. <laughs> but like, you just spent <laughs> yeah. the last hour being like, "This is what I hated about it. It wasn't bad." Yep, that's that's <laughs> definitely our ammo. <laughs> But but like you like you keep saying though is these books aren't made for the plot. So yes. <laughs> I do actually there. think if you want to read something that's just purely smutty for the sake of being smutty, her taboo series is a lot of fun. Um, I've read three out of four of them. The fourth one I'm not really interested in, but I think it's uh, the one about fucking her fiance's dad. Uh, there's one about um, a woman fucking her dad's best friend. And then there's one about, I think it's the first one called Gifting Me to His Best Friend. And it's like they're snowed into a cabin for the weekend and they're like, you know what? You've always been attracted to my best friend. So let's all fuck. Like her Taboo series is fun. All right. And they're just like a good time. I do think Katie Robert is a fun author. If you're looking for smutty books and she has a lot of them. She has a lot. She does. She uh, really does. I'm going to say this. I think this book may have been way better if I was drunk reading it. <laughs> like, because I get into the nitpicky things like that line's really weird. This is, I don't like that wording. This dynamic doesn't quite work for me in the real life. Right. But if I'm drunk and my inhibitions are down, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention. Um, On Goodreads, Desperate Measures has a 3.57 rating. Oh, that's low for Goodreads. So it sounds like most people are kind of in the same spot we were. Interesting. What is the rest of the series like? That is a good question. Here, I can pull it up really quick. Got it on my phone. Ooh, the ratings for the rest of the series are not great. Oh, bummer. Well, okay, well, here's the thing. I mean, anybody who's familiar with Goodreads, the series in general go up because the more that people continue on with the series, you're a fan of it. Right, so, right. Right. So so it goes up. The next one is 3.72. Okay. And then it goes up to uh, 3.87. Okay. 3.9. Mm-hmm. which goes down to 3.52. Queen takes Rose three point seven. Yeah, she's mentioned specifically that her her female like her FF books sell less and they get reviewed worse than like her MM books, which I think it sounds like it's just a problem in like the smut writing community. Hmm. I don't know. Well, thank you again, Emma. Um, thank you. I feel like I've drank half a bottle of wine. I actually had two glasses of wine. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised I'm feeling okay. I don't know how many shots of tequila I've had. I'm going to feel very differently when I stand up. You're, yeah, me too. Thankfully, my room is just across the way. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, is there anything you would like to share or plug? Um, socials, uh, anything coming up? I have a charity stream coming up likely in June. I have no sort of planning it. It's probably in June uh, on my Emma Skies Twitch channel. Um, you can follow me on Instagram for book stuff at Biblioskies. And uh, that's about it. All of my shit is Emma Skies except for my book Instagram, which is Biblioskies. Cool. I'm excited for your charity stream. 
I put it off so hard this year. I was like, I don't want to plan this. And now it's, if I was doing it when I was supposed to, it would be next week. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to do it in June. Yeah. A little soon to do that <laughs> right now. But thank you for having me on. Thanks for doing it. I, again, we, we've been talking about this for a while, so it took a while to really figure it out and get it scheduled, but I'm glad we can make it work. I'm going to, after the podcast, I will convince you to read Neon Gods, Rico. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't want this to turn you off from Katie Roberts' books. No, I, 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 I don't always agree with your ratings, but I do trust your ratings, so that makes sense. Thanks. So if you say it's worth reading i will read it okay now the question is where do i fit it in my schedule it's a good question i'll fit it i think i have an opening in 2024 let's say i think you have the the most ridiculous schedule i've ever seen anybody have it works for yeah me. i had to i had to argue with him to to read a book last month he wasn't going to read it for over a year and i was like excuse me no unacceptable. no <laughs> You'll make time for this. <laughs> Mood readers? I don't know them. Wow. Scheduled readers? I don't know them. Okay. All right. Let's end this episode. Anyway. <laughs> We're done. We're uh, done Jason, was there anything that you wanted to say? Uh, no, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Getting drunk and talking about books? Hell yeah. I'm down. Oh, yeah. It was always a good time. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Emma. You're welcome. Uh- <laughs> Um, thank you to our listeners for, uh, for hanging out with us, talking about, um, this book that was very new for me. (laughs) Um, if anybody has read Desperate Measures, we would love to hear what you think of it. And if you have any recommendations, let us know. Um, and, uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Yeah, I will add, if, if you're listening to this and you liked this After Dark episode and you want more of them. Uh, let us know so we can yeah. plan more of them. I mean, we'll, we'll do more in the future, but how many more is the question? I'm going to make so. like 50 alt accounts just to message you and say that I like your oh. episode. <laughs> Specifically the one with Emma Skies on it. So you invite her back more. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's call it a night then. I feel like we need a sexy send off, but we don't have one. So <laughs> You can, uh, you can try and, um, Use your not sexy, sexy voice that you told me about. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you decided halfway to the mic that you weren't going to do it. You were like, am I going to do it? I was giving myself that time to think about it, and then I had nothing, so. Next time. The tequila. It's the tequila. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Good night. Good night. Oh, God. (laughs) Shit We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. 